just fucking happened? That was crazy. So, to explain for the ab- abrupt intro this time, we were sitting down getting ready to start this next episode, and the doorbell rang. Right, and it's night, and we don't like visitors, and nobody announced that they were coming. Like, literally the first thing out of my kid's mouth in the next room was, well, I'm calling 911 because we don't get visitors. But it could have been a package, delivery, FedEx, Amazon. They'd ring the doorbell sometimes. Yeah, especially like my produce boxes. They ring the doorbell. Yeah. But I have nothing delivering today. But the reason why we're more like... There was no packages. Yeah, there was no packages. There was nobody at the door when I opened and the door. today the outside light was not on and usually it's on. And... In the video camera playback that's in the front of the house, even though the light was off, there's, there's no movement. There. I mean, you, <laughs> I you do hear have, the doorbell ring in the security footage, but there's nobody there. I do have like these murder dolls as my wreath, but I mean, it's just dolls. That, that's the <laughs> most, uh, I, I, how do I dare say, paranormal thing that's happened since. I've known you that I think that we've ever <laughs> experienced together. And I'm a little bit like taken back by it. Like, I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it was a, an electrical thing. It was a really hot day. The electrical is an old house. There's been some flashing lights going on in the living room. So I'm thinking that. Which is also coincides with hauntings, <laughs> but go ahead, continue. I don't know. I'm saying it definitely um, has been. Well, this house... Something. Someone died in this house before. No. What are you yes. talking about? In, s- in the master bedroom, somebody died in this house before. In the master bedroom. You... No. I am not kidding. You've never said this before. You said about yeah, a Yeah, because house. I was like, don't be scared of this house. <laughs> you said it about a different house. What are you talking so about? So two houses down, the guy shot himself. Next door was... So much um, domestic violence, no matter what family moved in there, always domestic violence. This house, somebody died in the master bedroom. Do you know the details of this story? Yes. Like how detailed? Like it was an older woman who lived out her days in hospice in her home. So a natural death, no murder. Right. But it was just an old lady who ended up passing away in this house. Right. But that's it. Interesting. Maybe she didn't like this movie. Maybe she didn't. And it's very fitting that this movie this week is called... Hosts. Plural. Hosts, <laughs> hosts plural, yes. From not, 2020. Not to be confused with the Netflix other uh, host that also Singular. came out in 2020. <laughs> this is about... Um, this, this movie is not the one about the Zoom call, which was also a really good movie. I enjoyed that one. And we can talk about that another day. But Hosts from 2020, written and directed by Adam Leader and Richard Oakes, is about a family that has one hell of a time at Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's, uh, it goes to the limits, I think, in some yeah. places. Yeah. Um, this, now, this movie, the, the whole, like, there isn't a spoiler. Like, the taglines, the trailers, everything is there are demons that have taken over. The bodies of people throughout England. This family has invited their neighbors to um, to spend Christmas Eve dinner with them unknowingly um, because they have themselves been infested by this demonic parasite. Um, it gave me very much like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers meets The Strangers. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Um, it's so fitting that this movie, I mean, this one is called Hosts and the doorbell rang for this movie as if we're not being We didn't invite hosts, anybody. Right? That, that's very strange. The I reason I, There's a reason I have a broom out in the front. Like, we don't invite people in here. <laughs> I haven't really got over that yet. I mean, it's, Are you it's scared? pretty trippy. No, I mean, it's unexplainable. And that's where, you know, I'd like to know what it was. But like I said, I'm going to chalk it up to a bit faulty wiring and then we'll move on. Um so yeah, tell me about this Christmas dinner. Are you okay? 
fine. Totally fine. But I mean, again, now you tell me somebody died in this house. And- yeah, but that was decades ago. <laughs> this house is um, 90. This house is 94 years old. Hey, what happens if, we, if the doorbell rings again? Then I have an axe nearby and I'll go answer the door with a smile on my face. <laughs> no, I get that. I'm saying, <laughs> and nobody's there. Then wh- wh- how does that make you feel? That it's that I probably should get an electrician in here because I don't want there to be an electrical short somewhere and the house catch on fire. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a very hot day today, too. So maybe that has something to do with it. Who knows? Yeah. I'm less thinking it's ghosts or demons or some intruder trying to play a trick on us and mostly thinking holy shit i hope the house doesn't catch on fire while we're out of town well that's what i'm saying logically that's where my brain goes like oh uh luckily i have somebody house sitting so um they'll let us know if the house catches on fire (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there isn't uh anything that i think is scary about this house although when um hi toby are you trying to tell us something? Although we've had enough like pets in this house and boarding pets and, and visiting pets or whatever that, sh- that would have alerted us to something uh, by now. And they haven't. So I'm fine. Like yeah. Toby didn't even get off out of his spot when the whole thing happened. Well, he gets a little lazy sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that Bugsy in him. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Anyway, so this movie, we um, just decided to check it out because it, um, I don't know. It, it was on up. our list, but I didn't know if I had typoed it or not. I didn't know if I was supposed to do hosts or host. Um, anyway, so this movie has um, a lot of British actors. I don't know all of them or any of them, actually. But there's Neil Ward as Jack, Samantha Loxley as Lucy. Nadia Lamin as Lauren, who's the sister. Lee Hunter, who plays Eric, the brother. Jennifer K. Preston is Cassie, the mom. And Buddy Skelton as Ben, the kid. Now, there's also Frank Jakeman, not <laughs> Femke Jensen. <laughs> yeah. As I thought I was reading, I was like, oh, yeah, she's in this movie. This has got to be good. <laughs> well, Frank Jakeman uh, plays Michael. He's the patriarch of the family. He's everybody's father. And he is uh, also in Game of Thrones as Veilord. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, in like an episode or something. I don't know any of these actors. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're probably famous British actors, maybe from like EastEnders or some shit like that. Yes, yes, yes. Some of these have EastEnders on their credits, but I didn't know it was a thing until you said it right now. <laughs> I should have put that down, which ones, right? Uh, it's a British soap opera. It's a soap opera. Okay. Well, not really. I don't know if you, I think maybe they call it a soap It's like a, it's a, yeah, it's a soap opera. I believe okay. so. Because I love like British comedy shows like Faulty Towers, uh, Mr. Bean, and my one of my favorite series of all time, Cross-Continental, Transatlantic, whatever you want to call it, Keeping Up Appearances. I, I don't think I've seen that one. It's It, uh. it follows a woman named... Um, Hyacinth Bouquet, but she's actually Hyacinth oh, Bucket, right. and she, yeah. she puts on airs all the time, and it's the same jokes in every episode, but they're just so good. <laughs> it's, it's that British humor. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, EastEnders, I, I just know that because I spent some time over there, and that was their big hit show. I don't know if you'd call it an actual soap opera. I don't know what even really defines this show as a soap opera. Is it opera. like Days of Our Lives? Well, I think so, but I don't believe that it's like daytime TV soap opera. like Passions. Back in... How come we don't call primetime TV stuff soap operas? We do, don't we? No, I thought soap operas were like, like you said, days of our lives. That's daytime television. What's Passions? Passions was this, well, so when I was in college, there was this girl I was friends with, Tamika, and she, like, I'd go to her her apartment all the time, and she used to watch Passions. And it was (laughs) like this, like, on at 2 o'clock kind of like, he came back from the dead, but he's a zombie now. But like, also Dude. he's in love with her, but she was married to her his brother, and like soap opera, but with like zombies. Two in the afternoon, though you said. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Soap opera to me, I think 
means more daytime television. I could be wrong because I don't ever think that like anything that was in primetime television, we never called it soap operas, right? It was just TV dramas, I would say. Yeah, I guess TV dramas. But so the, 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 the Latino version of it is telenovelas, and those are always on at night. Okay. Yeah, I, I understand where that's coming from. Um, like de- Mari Mar. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, the point is EastEnders was a big hit show when I was over there, and I think it's been on and running for years and years and years. I couldn't tell you what the story's about, but EastEnders. EastEnders. All right. (laughs) So hosts, there isn't a lot of information out there aside from the basics, which I've already shared. But this movie, I don't know. it, um, It feels like it was almost something more. Like, it feels like they were just about there, but didn't exactly. Yeah, they didn't stick the landing or something. I think that there was something of that in there as well, where I thought there was, you know, it seemed to start off really good. um, But I, I feel like that in doing some of these movies, like, how do I say this? What I mean is, they, you don't want to. Follow the rule book, but then mm-hmm. again, there's like guidelines, right? And I feel like that it ended up sort of crossing over where it seemed to like, I don't know. There I was felt- certain parts of it that were just like, oh, okay, well, you know, that was thrown in there because they sort of had to because that's sort of the format. Well, so here was here's my take on it. Um, once it gets going, it doesn't stop, though it does slow down a lot. It's like has high highs and low mm-hmm. lows. Yeah. Um, and that's how I can describe this movie. It's good on the gore. Don't get me wrong. The gore, I was there for it. The terrifying scenes of torture, it was like soft core gore. Yeah. Right? Uh, so it was good. I appreciated those parts of it. But I also felt that it took itself way too seriously. Like there were there are moments that I'll talk about in a second, but there's moments where it's supposed to be emotional and when they're doing those emotional scenes, they're just beating a dead horse. It's just the same, like, just get it out and then make it, like, okay, they could have just been cleaned up a lot. Like, I, Yeah, some of that might be the way they write British dialogue, you know? Well, not necessarily. Like, I, I think that, for example, uh, Lauren, the, the sister, there's a whole scene where she's FaceTiming with her boyfriend just so that we know that she, at one point, may call him for help, Right. Okay. She does. Yeah. And that is a good scene. But that could have been done different. <laughs> yeah, she's using her iPhone 5 in 2020, which I I think I I um I You was, just upgraded yeah, from an 8. But an 8 though. That was like a 5 or a 6 or Yeah, but shit. when I met you, you were rocking a 5. <laughs> I was, but it wasn't 2020. <laughs> and uh that was that was one of the things that I noticed that I was like, "Whoa, they didn't upgrade their technology." I thought you don't have a home button. You're all bougie. But <laughs> they were out in the middle. They weren't like in London City, you know. They were out in the middle. They were of in the nowhere. country. Yeah. I liked how it opened with that whole train sequence. We we actually both of us thought it was going somewhere else because you caught that there was some man walking in the woods who and, disappeared, and you were like, "Oh wait, did he get on the train?" And unfortunately, no. They that never happened. But the way the camera moved and the shot at that time of the train and everything it was it was setting it up for something like you know really good. So the movie starts like this. There's a train. <laughs> um, and this guy, the main character, Jake. Yeah, Jack. Jack. Sorry, Jack. Jack is, um, I guess, either a rail worker or he's the conductor or whatever. But he sees out of the out of the window that there's somebody walking there and then doesn't see them again. Now I'm thinking, now that I'm thinking about it, he was putting the train away, right? So maybe it was the neighbor. Maybe it was Michael that he saw going into the woods because as he finishes his work day, he walks through this field to go home and that's where he runs into Michael, the neighbor, who has invited him to Christmas Eve dinner. Yeah, he's coming back from a little hunting. He's dressed up as Santa Claus, but he's like been hunting ducks or some shit like that. Yeah. What what the fuck? And he got like three or four of them, at least four, I think. Yeah, so we we notice that there's some kind of relationship there. Um, it seems like um, it seems like a good relationship, as in maybe the senior of the two, Michael, who invited him and his wife, uh, Lacey, Lucy. Lucy. or Lucy, sorry, Lucy, to their home for dinner. It seems like he's like just taking him under his wing and really just 
welcoming him to the neighborhood. Um, and, and that seems good. By the time, by the time Jack gets home, however, and he, and we are introduced to Lucy, I'm like, what the fuck? You mean because of her horrible acting? And- okay, so here's where it is. <laughs> She's a horrible emotional actress. She's so good at the other parts. Like horror, like scary <laughs> Lucy. She fucking knocked it out of the park. Yeah. But emotional, like the whole interaction between her and Jack, it was just her giggling the whole time. And as much as I love my partner and love going home to my partner, I'm not giggling the entire time. There's genuine <laughs> moments, you know, you don't have to giggle to express that you're joyful with somebody. It just felt like it was too much. You know what? It felt like she was doing an impression of Robin Tunney from The Craft. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She had, a, she did have that kind of like, like I'm going to make this like, oh, and, and they're just like the mannerisms were just so like she went to emotional actress school with her. As she did the craft or something. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't appreciate those. And it kind of made me feel like maybe we should watch something else. I was about to say, fuck this movie at that point, too. Yeah. Like, But then they see lights in the garden. Well, even at this moment, I wasn't really like it didn't. I felt like it was. I get it. This is where we're, we're getting to the point where we're building something. And they're doing this, you know, shots where, oh, I think something's moving and whatever. But. It didn't really hook me at all yet because I thought that it was kind of cheesy. But Right. Well, the the music that was the suspenseful music overpowered the scene because even the like scares we were supposed to see, you couldn't really see them, and the only reason you knew there was a scare there was because the song this the music crescendoed, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's the only reason that you know anything happened. In right. fact, I had to rewind it and I'm like, what did I miss? Well, and that's the difference between the opening scene with the train, the way the camera moved there and the way everything was placed and everything. It was just a scene of a train, but it looks so cool. And then mm-hmm. you have this other scene where they're trying to be impactful and give you this jump scare. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you didn't even see it. Like you had to rewind it and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> look back to see what the hell was going by. It, it feels like, um, you know, like they spent all their budget on the first shot first, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, even though I'm not aware of any budgets or how they work, it just feels like they focused more on that creative aspect in the, in the beginning yeah. as opposed to what could have been potentially a really good scene. Sure. Sure. Um, now, all, all, sorry. Although they didn't ever explain at all what this little host being alien thing is or whatever demon or whatever. So maybe that's also why they didn't focus in on it or want, because well, they were, Sort of not going to come back to it. Well, understood. But um, they kind of did. Um, now, it wasn't like the... If, if you'll, if, okay, the movie felt like it had like changed its mind about where it was going a couple of times. Because <laughs> you got two guys. So one was like, no, 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 it's going to be like this. No, it's going to like, be I'll like that. I'll do the that. beginning and then I'll, you'll do the end. And it was like two <laughs> movies meshed in one. But you you hear like in the background when we get to Michael's house and he's watching TV... You hear in the background that there are all of these illnesses or something happening because possibly fracking or, and that's just like digging deep into the earth, right? So, um, two things. One, it can be they like some chemical escaped or something, some very deep in the earth thing and it's making people sick. Or two, you know, the story of, uh, from Lord of the Rings when, they unleash that hell beast that you shall not pass mm-hmm. monster. Yeah. Um, it's because, oh, and that the dwarves all died because they got greedy and dug too deep in the earth and unearthed something that they could not put back. You remember that part of Lord of sure. the Rings? Yeah. Okay. So it could be something like that because a crucial part of the way people get possessed in this movie is they see very much like Samara of the ring. They see, um, the ring, the movie, not Lord of the Rings and Saruman. Jesus, these are all tied up. Okay. Um, is this view from underneath the earth out into the uh, through a hole and into the universe, right? So what if that's what it is? Um, it's unleashed that way. And the reason I bring up Samara and the ring is because apparently the possession happens through the TV. Oh. But it didn't happen with Lucy. Because 
Jake is outside, or sorry, Jack is, because this guy's name is Frank Jakeman. (laughs) (laughs) So Jack is outside and he's, and he's like trying to look for what, 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 what was outside. But then he hears noises inside his house and he goes back to help his wife. But he doesn't really. He sneaks in and he's like, um, are you okay up there? Uh, yeah. Tell me if you're okay. Like the pussiest way of checking on your partner. Right. Yeah. Th- th- this is where, like I said, these two at this moment, this chunk, I didn't think it was working. Like it was moving the story along. Sure. But I, I it didn't make me like the characters or, or be in one. I don't know. I wasn't interested because it just seemed it was like kind of corny i guess like yeah he came in and of course oh he's not checking on her well that's clearly means that whatever was running around in the garden is in your house now because the door was open you know, the door yeah when he came back the door was open yeah and it just you know it i don't know what i mean i'm just there was something about like in a in a movie like halloween for example when the when the doors left open they come back in it's scary because you know, like, oh shit, something just got in this house, and you care about the characters. And yeah, exactly. And so I, the emotional <laughs> part. Be- you sorry, you said I hope Lucy dies first, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I said I hope she dies first. That's annoying. Um, but the thing is, with this movie, the reason why they were so lovey dovey in the beginning, and oh, he's. You know, he works on the trains and she's a school teacher and they love each other so much and he gives her thoughtful gifts. It's a quick, fast way of you're supposed to care about these characters. And and you kind of do when you realize that they're possessed and doing all this bad stuff. You kind of remember, shit, they're possessed. It's not really them. That sucks, right? But you don't really care about, you don't give a shit about what happens to them. Um, and And that might be because of the beating the dead horse thing that happens in the emotional scenes, you know? Uh, So he finally finds her upstairs after not very much caring where she was. And um, she has what, uh, you know, those things you put in your mouth to whiten your teeth. She has one of those and it's a demon. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it looked like to me. You know, the UV light for your teeth to whiten it. Like it looks like that's what's in her mouth. Yeah. And then that suddenly she's possessed and then he becomes possessed. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't see I mean much but we of didn't that see transfer. Her getting possessed. All we see is her like um Linda blaring it on the bed like m- moving around on the bed and then her mouth light up right. with the blue light. And she wasn't like was she screaming or anything? I think prior she was moaning and like Cuz there were thuds going on and that's why he uh-huh. went upstairs to check. Yeah, cuz he was she was thrashing. But like you'd f- think like she would have let out a big scream before she got possessed you know and he'd be like oh shit what's going on well um but i don't know again like that's part of it we're like well we don't want to end the story here it's called host so that we got to get the possession going so we can get to the the other scenes later on um but yeah i don't know like it was starting to get a little bit better but it just wasn't really like hitting a home run for me yet so then we meet the other family and the other family is just a bland, boring family doing Christmas Eve dinner. However, you immediately see the wife has a bad wig on and you think either <laughs> the budget had a bad wig or maybe she's hiding something because she has a wig on. Now, so I immediately thought she has cancer or something, right? Yeah. I didn't think wig. I mean, I just don't, I don't, I now when you point it out, I, I see wig. But at first I was like, oh. There's just, also one scene where she like is adjusting it. Oh, well, but later on? Yeah, later yeah, on. Yeah. Um. So then there's a father, there's Eric, who's like a 20-something-year-old son who's in, in town for the for the holiday, and Lauren, who's, you know, the one with the boyfriend, and she's there too. And it seems like they're there begrudgingly. Um, the boyfriend does mention that, I'm glad that you are spending more time with your family now. And when we find out that it's because the mom has cancer, it, you realize, okay, so Lucy doesn't want to, I mean, Lucy... Lauren doesn't want to commit because there, she's, uh, there's other shit she's worried about. It's her mom's dying, right? And she's closer with her family now because tragedy seems to bring families together. Like, I didn't speak to my mom for years until the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, that's just how it happens sometimes. Did they 
all so they didn't all live together. They were just there all together for they the Christmas dinner. They were there for Christmas Eve dinner. And I guess they still had their old rooms, but they were there in town specifically for okay. Christmas Eve dinner. Gotcha. The and only then they w- have a younger son, a younger brother named Ben, who right. is played by that skeleton guy. <laughs> yeah, and he probably obviously lived with the parents because yeah, he was young. Yeah. So, okay, I get it. Yeah. So, um, when, um, when Jack and Lucy get there, they're already, like, immediately possessed. They open the door, and they have, like, blue, like, not blue eyes, as in blue-colored eyes, like a blue-eyed person, but, like, as if there were... The reflection of a TV screen on you, kind of blue. Sure. You know. Now, two things: didn't the the you know did uh, Michael and and the wife and the family did they not notice the blue eyes? Number one, okay, and then number two, how would have the hosts that have taken over their bodies know that they were going to a dinner and had a dinner engagement? Right. the The plot here is kind of wishy washy, and it's it's like the movie changes its mind all the way throughout. Like, is this an evolved demon? Does a demon know what your thoughts are? It has to. Is it has to let you know this is the drama behind all of this or has to let you know what else to do. Otherwise, it's just a primitive demon. Yeah, and because then here's the other thing. Like, uh, usually an abduction or some sort of like a parasite or something, there's a purpose to it, you know? Mm -hmm. So if... Again, like if they weren't consciously thinking and and they had no control over their own thoughts or body or whatever, then the the, the new host is not going to know that they're going to a dinner or that they even were friends with those people. So did they just live next door and they were like, oh, this is the next house. We're going to go kill them. Or, you know, like that's where there was some loose. I'm thinking that the subconscious is just I mean, the consciousness is just buried somewhere. And that they can pull from that data set, right? So it's like if somebody steals my laptop, they can easily look at my Google Calendar. So let's say there's other neighbors or other people that were also getting abducted. Then were they just off randomly killing the next neighbors over or whatever? Or you know what I mean? No, no. But um, no, they didn't. They didn't immediately. They don't. They well. So. A couple things. People don't see what they don't want to see. That's one thing. So if they were so wrapped up in their own issues, and a parent going through um, through uh, cancer treatment, that's a big issue. So maybe they just had so much to worry about, they didn't see that they were being distant. Or only Michael knows them, and they're new to the, you know, new to this rest of the family, you know? Yeah. And They're um, immediately acting strange. So then here's the thing, like... When she, the wife asks Lucy to help her cut the onions or whatever, right? Uh-huh. So she's cutting using, holding the knife and cutting the onions as if she's not even 100% sure how to do it. And that's where the wife is starting to see these little signs, right? She immediately ignores it. She ignores it. But this is, again, where I'm kind of testing the logic here. If alien abduction or demon possession or whatever was going on, like means that they clearly don't know how to use a knife, how to hold a knife properly, or how to cut an onion properly, yet they knew how to get to the neighbor's house and that there was an engagement at a certain time that they had to be there for. Yeah. Like, they're, what, it's smart, it's stupid. Like I, Yeah, you know? exactly. It's like two versions of the same thing, and they don't match. Yeah. It's, um, it's two directors like and two writers. Because even if they were on autopilot, they would... <laughs> chop up the vegetables but like robotically yeah you think it would be better to, than a yeah. human doing like holy shit this girl went to culinary school but anyway um here's where the movie gets good actually here's like the low point of the movie for me first <laughs> they're around the table they're around the table the dinner table and the mom cassie wants to make an announcement and she's talking about, she's very sad and dreary, and she's talking about her cancer treatment. Albeit, she's talking about chemotherapy in the most incorrect way possible. She's describing chemotherapy in the most incorrect way possible. She's saying it's not a treatment, it just helps, like, delay it or whatever. Uh, false, because her own statement. Anyway, so fucking wrong, so annoying. And it was her just 
harboring on the fact that she appreciates her family and thank you for this, but sickness is sickness and I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. And then you're thinking, oh shit, she's, and then she starts talking about how her dog, the doctor says that no more chemo for her, that it's not worth it. It's not worth it anymore. And then you're thinking, oh shit, she's She's going to die. die, And then she goes, I'm in remission. And you're like this. And I think I literally said it. I'm like this fucking bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, right prior to this, and the reason why this, that scene was such a buildup there and we sort of know something is about to happen is because there was a scene that we saw uh, one of them, I think Lucy took a hammer from the tool shed when they were showing an old TV set. Uh, Michael was showing them an old TV set that he had in his life. That he inherited from his father. Mm -hmm, And then when um, he talks to Jack about it, Jack says, I have no inheritance. Yeah, right. Now, see, again, like, how would the guy... So, And that's the thing, is they still vocally talk, yet their demeanor and their persona has changed. They're very straight-faced. Yeah, Yeah, and so, you know, again, like, there's... The first line that he said to him, I thought it was just a repeat. Like, you know, when you have like the Terminator or somebody comes and they don't know how to speak, they just say the same line back to the person. I thought that's what was going on. So I wasn't sure if the alien or demon was evolving and learning how to enter. But Lucy was able to just talk or she said something. It wasn't that much, but I realized that she wasn't just repeating her line. But anyway, they grabbed the hammer. So again... What's the whole point of grabbing a hammer? Because you know that you're going to use it. Let's sneak it inside and let's just wait for the right moment. Because she does sneak it. Yeah. But another thing about the movie having two different like ways about it. When they walk in, Lucy turns over um, a picture frame that has a depiction of some kind of religious person. Mm, I missed that. Maybe Jesus. I don't know. But um, she turns it down. And then throughout the house, there are depictions of other biblical scenes like, what is it? Is it who was the one that was tasked to killing his son? And then when oh, he did Abraham. it. Abraham? Yeah. So Abraham, that one's on there as well. Um, and, then, and then there's like sayings on the wall. You know, you white people have like sayings <laughs> on the walls. It has like a religious one on the wall. Um, so just things like that. So, but then it doesn't touch on it as much it goes this other direction anyway lucy after everybody hugs and cheers and is happy they're they're going to cheer do a toast and lucy grabs the hammer and bashes the mom in the head on the side of the head the mom passes out everybody's frozen and then comically she she goes to town she goes to town and speed up kind of hammer like she's like Stop hammer time and all over her head. And it like super, super cool, gory scene. Uh, the, she hits her head and her head with a hammer so many times that her head is gushing all over the place and it's flat like a pancake. Yeah, that was literally what I wrote down in my notes. Hammer time. Hammer time. And uh, I also, you know, again, I love how sometimes our episodes tie into one another. The last actual episode we did was the Gorgor Girls, <laughs> where it was all about smushing heads and mm-hmm. breaking skulls open and just and this girl was doing exactly that right in front of the family. They're getting splattered the with the blood of the screaming. mom. The little boy's sitting right there. That the, nobody's the doing shit because they're all in shock, I guess, or whatever. Um Jack's not in the scene. He left. He yeah, he went to go get the shotgun because he comes back with the shotgun. Correct, yes. And aims the shotgun exactly right in Lauren's, no, no, in Ben's face, the little 10-year-old boy. Yeah, right. Right? And he screams something, too, I believe. And that's the first time we hear, like, this more deeper, I think he tells voice. him to stop or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, everybody's taken and isolated into separate bedrooms, right? The, um... The husband goes into his bedroom, not knowing that his wife is... Oh, and he's forced to go to bed and tucked in, not knowing that his wife's lifeless body is in the blankets on the next side of him. Um, the boy, Ben, goes into his own room. Lauren goes into hers room, her room. And then Eric, we don't see Eric for a while. We just assume he goes into his other room. Yeah, everybody obviously is very... Um obedient at this point i guess there's a shotgun and they're in shock yeah i guess yeah i guess 
I was like, this guy, he was a hunter. He, you know what I mean? Like he, he but was he's also old and his wife was just hammered. Like, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't base what somebody <laughs> does when they're of sound mind yeah, on what sure. they can do when their life has completely shattered. I just feel like that my instant reaction, if I'm sitting at a table and all of a sudden I see somebody who I already know has been acting kind of weird, get up and they have a hammer in their hand, then if I'm not able to make an instant reaction right then and there, then at least after the first strike, which might still be too late, I would be reacting though. You would like to think that, but nobody knows until they're in that position. Listen... I get what you're saying, but I know that I have a react. I have a. I have an instinctual reaction. It's. It's. I, you know, that's fight okay, or so. flight or fright uh-huh. or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm not gonna sit there and be. What the fuck just happened? I'd be like, what the fuck, and I will react right then and right. there. But don't you think that everybody thinks that way? Everybody thinks that their first instinct would be, I'm gonna fight. Well, if 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 they're not hitting me with the hammer first, I'm telling you that's what my okay. instinct is going to be. Hopefully, we never have to find out. <laughs> I I know that I'm um, I'm fight. I know that I'm fight. Um, there's the domestic violence situation I lived in for many years, and even then, getting my ass beat, I was still fight. But also telling every time there's something traumatic, like there's a car accident and I have to muscle through or there's a situation where I have to help people and muscle through all of those situations. I've muscled through. I rally. I get shit done. And then I cry like a bitch later, but I get shit done. So I, I've had these traumatic events where I have to do that. So I understand that most likely I will be fight. But that doesn't mean that every scenario is I'm going right, to Right. I get it. I get way. it. Now. This was their big thing. They think this is where they were like, and this is going to be the fucking point of the movie. And again, for if you're looking to watch a horror movie that has some nice, nice gory fucking kill scenes. Yeah, this is a this, good softcore porn. Um, this one gore. for sure. <laughs> softcore porn. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is definitely something that, that they f- feeds into it. But they had to lead up to this point. And that's why... They were given the whole sob story with the whole yeah because they were like that emotional scene of the mother like that one was just it was it was drawn out way too long yeah the music was too overly emotional the um the punchline of the kid saying everybody being well, happy and the kid saying what does remission mean like that one made me chuckle but that was the only like saving grace of that entire spiel you know so. There, it is a lot of good gory scenes in here. Like at some point, um, at some point, uh, in the attic, Eric and Lauren, the brother and sister, are um tied up there, and Lauren has a gu- has to shoot her brother in order to, you know, yeah. to put him out of his misery, now, kind of thing. Uh, and then there's this whole argument back and forth. That is a suspenseful scene. I like that scene. And I especially liked it when she pulls the trigger and nothing happens. She's going to kill her brother. Yeah. And then he goes, I'll never forgive you. And you think, actually, I would probably have such a raw reaction to that as well. Yeah. yeah. See, and but okay, so that's like a saw twist there. Like, I'm going to set you up. You got to do this because otherwise that. And I don't know. It's just like, so now the, the demonic... The demons or the possession or the hosts or whatever have a bigger plan. They're like, now we want to torture them. I just, you know, I I get it. There's like, there's like no explanation to so the evil here. So are you strangers or are you, um, are you invasion of the body snatchers? Which movie are you? Yeah. You know, and there's a way that it could have been meshed well, but they missed the mark on it. I think now. This is where, um, what's her name? Lucy's character gets good. Like she went from being a horrible emotional actress to being a really good villain. Like she sold it. Like even to the point where she's salivating over Lauren's head. And I laughed (laughs) at the absurdity of it. 
she's still really committed and did really, really good at it. <laughs> I wonder what if they how they did. They had to have her dip her tongue in some sort of like a KY jelly. <laughs> yeah. And then just like, all right, action. <laughs> and just like Well, and you know what else? Jack's so character, gross. he was such a badass with that shotgun. He sold it. Like, so if they took the supernatural element out of it and they were just crazy motherfuckers, cool beans. Like it still would have been a good movie. The whole addition of the demonic everything kind of ruined a good movie for me you know yeah um or the or the placement of mass murder family annihilators made a bad movie good for me yeah. i don't know which it is it, but it, um if it was just the people it could have been it, that would have reminded me a lot of like funny games yeah or strangers, or strangers yeah. yeah um also we find out lots of fam like lots of things like we find out um Almost as a throwaway, that Michael is actually Jack's son. I mean, father. I see. And it's not even needed at this point because they're so involved. Like, everybody's already almost dead by that time. The only time that that makes it actually good is when Michael and Jack have to fight each other to the death. Um, and even then, I don't even remember yeah. how that happens. See, this is where I th- was talking about the following the rule book and the guidelines mm-hmm. earlier. In a s- typical movie of this sort, you have something, like in a lot of Korean or Asian horror movies, Japanese horror movies, um, there's that little extra plot twist at the end mm-hmm. where it's like, well, guess what? It's your mom. It's your brother. Guess what? That's your your daughter. Yeah. So (laughs) cut off your tongue. That's where I feel like this is where they were like, well, we got to now do this to add the Like, it's not just good, good enough that we had this bash the hammer in the the head scene and then the few other gory kill scenes. But now we got to put do the the icing on the cake is going to be that he had this bastard son and the guy grew up with town or whatever, never knew about it. Fine, and I understand that that's traumatizing for a lot of people. But it was extra. But it was not needed. needed it was not needed. It didn't I even agree. add anything. The beautiful parts of the movie were ones that you did get emotionally involved and, and invested. Like when Eric, they, so Eric, the son that almost got shot, right? <laughs> he was when a little grab assy in the beginning, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, he, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that was With part of his little of, brother. He was like, I'll put my finger up your bum. Yeah, I don't know what that's about, but I think that's just part of them trying to make it such a wholesome family thing. So they're like adults acting like like you know toddlers and and like grab assy elementary school kids. But anyway, um, my point was uh, when Eric becomes possessed and attacks his father, the father starts killing him, and that's when they start flashing back to that. Uh, what is it, Abraham? Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, Abraham playing painting. Anyway, he and then you see the essence of the possession come out of him in this blue puff of smoke, but the dad still ends up killing him. And the boy and, and Eric says, Dad, and he still kills him, and then it's too late. Yeah. And then so, it's too late. So if you kill the host body, do you kill the demon or the Well, just before death. Oh, the so the demon escapes just before death. Is he so he escaped? So, yeah. So really, you just end up killing the, the host body or the person. So, that you- so it happens when um when Eric dies and the and the puff goes away, but then also when Lauren hangs Lucy, mm-hmm. like the blue smoke comes out, and then um then Lucy's like, "What are you doing?" And then and then uh, Lauren kills her. Yeah. But then at the end, so we see that that happens. That's an actuality. That. It's fact, right? But then at the end of the movie, when uh, Lauren comes out of the house with an obviously possessed uh, Ben, the, the little boy, right? You see all of those same kind of puffs of smoke going up into the into the sky. So I'm thinking, how many people are killing their own loved ones because they were possessed? In actuality, each of the loved ones is feeling every bit of pain from that death. And are so terrified in their final moments that their loved one is killing them. Like they snap out of it and suddenly their mom is killing them. And that's the last thing that they see is a violent death 
by somebody who right. they loved. Right, yeah. And that is, that could have been a big thing and they could have emphasized that a little more. And maybe it would have explained something, it, like it could have tied into the demonic, like, okay, so now once all of these innocent lives have been killed, then that brings, that makes room for the, demons to be unleashed onto all of the world or, sure, or for yeah. Satan to take over or whatever it is. It could have tied in that right. way. I agree. But I they kind of like did it like it's like they tried to evil Knievel it but then just broke the ramp instead. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Napoleon Dynamite. Like that's what they did. <laughs> yeah. Um so there was also a scene where we saw people that were surrounding the house that were all possessed too, right? Yeah. Like so maybe neighbors or yeah, maybe that's where neighbors. that's where but they never really do, went back into that. That part right? was a nice jump scare for me because the window gets open, the curtain gets open and then there's people and I go <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That but, was good. But they never came back to that then. Like well, it was like because because Le- uh, Lucy was chasing Lauren on her own is why they didn't come back to that. But at the end of the movie when Lauren walks out with Ben and she's the final girl with Ben and she looks up and there's she's surrounded mm-hmm. with those same people. Same people are yeah. outside, yeah. And she had some really uh Thick calves, some nice tree trunks on her. Yeah, she could she, have totally was, stomped some fucking ass over there. I think she. I dug. I dug Lauren. <laughs> what was the actress's name? Her name is uh, Nadia Lamon or Layman. Oh, Layman, Lamon, Layman. Let's talk about. But she's the face of the cover. Yeah, let's talk about her lame ass boyfriend who did oh. not want to come save her. She calls her boyfriend <laughs> and he, she's like come help me there's people in the house they killed my mom or whatever and he's like you should probably call the police. Yeah, yeah. he's like what are she's you talking like, about? She's like no come help me and he's like no you should call the police. Yeah, you should call the police. I'm oh not going to call them but you should call them. <laughs> he's all like Yeah, but that was a really good scene. Like it turns out she wasn't even talking to him. It was Jack that was talking, you know. Right, yes. And see, this is where I think that it was, it would have been better if she was talking to the boyfriend because that seemed realistic. All of a sudden, when you see Jack underneath the bed and he's talking as the boyfriend, that's where I'm going to be questioning shit again. How does he know what how the boyfriend. How supernatural is this supernatural yeah, movie? How, how does he know? What the, are the rules? Right. How did he connect through the phone call? How did he know that he could m- mimic the boyfriend's voice? Uh-huh. How would he know what the boyfriend would even say? Or who the boyfriend even was. Yeah. Or that she was calling a boyfriend and not the police. That's what I mean. Like, there's so yeah. many loose what ends What are the that. rules to this supernatural thing that is happening in this movie? You and know, aside from it being three movies now, it's um, four movies. So it's, aside from it being Lord of the Rings, The Ring, or Ringu, um... Uh, invasion of the body snatchers and the strangers what are the rules that live within the parameter of this movie i don't think that they really thought it through i think again they were just like here's elements from these things let's uh-huh. put them together and uh-huh. and it'll it'll work but i i think that i, I don't know i think that the build up or the big scene everybody's going to want to see is the head smash and then a few of the other uh gorier fights or kills or whatever but other than that, I think that it really does like try too hard to pull off what it needs to do. Yeah, and it doesn't do it successfully. But I will say this. I think people should watch it. I think people should watch it because it's really hard to come across good gore nowadays without it being too over the top. Like this is a good like again, like I mentioned, it's like the JC Penny ad of gore, you know? It's like the newspaper version of gore. And it's done well. Yeah. The head definitely. bashing scene is done well. Yeah. When they drag the body later on and yeah. it's like half of it's just like mush and yeah. like her heads in pieces and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, that was that was pretty great. And again, like very fitting after watching Gore Gore Girls. There, so. And there's also a point where Lucy takes her own teeth out with a set of pliers. Uh huh. It now, wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. Right. Now why I thought she was going to take out the kid's teeth. which Yeah, and I would have been mad if she had because he was a child. Yeah, but that's if you were already pushing the envelope, what's the next move? You got to go fucking harder. And that means you got to pull out some kid's teeth. I guess. 
But what was the point of pulling out her own teeth? She doesn't well, feel pain. Well, she told pain. a story. Let's see if I wrote it down. Um, I, I um I didn't take much many notes while watching this, but that was that was sort of it. I I wrote grab assy alien abduction. Christmas dinner with the neighbors, chemo wig, and hammer time. <laughs> After that, I stopped taking notes because I was like, all right, I think I've seen. Well, then I wanted to see more, but I didn't feel it like did, that. It didn't uh, give enough gore for me. Sorry. I, but I'm a gore aficionado. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, I don't know. I still I still think that it's, it's worth watching. If you, if you want to... If you want to test somebody's gore limit to see what other movies they can handle, like before you expose them to HGL or before you expose them to Eli Roth or Rob Zombie or really anything that's super gory, try exposing them to hosts, plural, because it's one, it's really, at the the end of it, it's one gory scene. And if they can get through that gory scene, great. You're good for gore. You can go the next level up. But two, if they can get back, uh, get through all that bad emotional parts, <laughs> then you know that they can make it through the somewhat questionable plots and plot holes in a lot of the good horror movies that we love. Sure. Now, I'm having more questions as I'm thinking about the movie now, too. All right, what you got? The alien abduction thing or whatever it is, the host is obviously a parasite of some sorts or whatever is possessing this body. We know there's more than one. We know there's more than two. What, again, is the purpose of killing, brutally murdering and killing anybody? Wouldn't they want to just abduct and take their bodies over? If if outside there was another 20-something-odd people and they were all abducted, then... You know, why didn't they come and abduct anybody in this house? It wasn't even their goal. They didn't try to abduct anybody. Well, I'm wondering this, because at the end of the day, what is accomplished is, yes, the the vessel that they're using are people they possess. But ultimately, it's the innocent souls that are killed because it's not them doing all of these bad things and somebody ultimately kills them. It's the demons doing it or controlling that. So the blue cloud of whatever smoke comes out of their body and suddenly they're an innocent person and they're getting murdered. So maybe there's like a religious tie-in or a demonic or a satanic or whatever's tie-in. And maybe it's if I've collected 10,000 innocent souls, that means I can then reign on the earth realm very much like Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, what if it's okay. something like that? Well, maybe. Um, but again, like, there seems... So there was one possession. No, so there was something in the garden. That one thing in the garden went in the house, possessed Lucy, and then that same thing possessed Jack. So was it... Or was it a, you know what I mean? Like, well, so that's my question too. Like there's like, there are potholes. There's like, yes, there's a lot of things that multiplying. There's a lot of things that could have probably been explained better in the movie, or maybe just, they just didn't care enough and they just wanted gory scenes and uh, over the top music. But the, 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 the reality is what we see as the catalyst for a possession, we see that as it's, they're watching the scene on the mo- on the TV screen, the scene that in seven days you'll get a call and you'll die or whatever the hell, like the ring, right? They see that tunnel whatever vision on the TV screen and they get possessed, right? So does that mean that, because outside it could have just been some possessed people just walking around outside, but inside when somebody ultimately makes it into the house with Lucy did they chase her up to the bedroom? And if so, did they have like a portable TV so she had to watch? Or um, and then after that, did they then get Jack and then he had to watch? Like, or is it not even then why, why is a TV even used? Is the TV only used because it was sentimental value to Michael and therefore Michael's prized possession is what poisoned all of his children? I don't know. Yeah, but it is something where I feel like there's not much of an explanation at all. 
And I, I just, you know, I'm just curious as to why, like, again, I feel like these directors had uh, a bag of tricks and they said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try to, you know, not be in the format, although they were in a format and they took formats from multiple different movies that all didn't necessarily five at least. Add, yeah. Just, just didn't add up. You know I mean? Again, like I, I, I don't see what the motive for the demon is to be such a brutal killer. I think is I do. Cause I feel like there's that <laughs> mythology somewhere out there or the folk folklore somewhere. Why is that a hard word? Um, that says something like you have to collect innocent souls, kind of like, um, Lieutenant Aldo Rains had to collect, what is it? 1,000 Nazis, 100 Nazis scalps. scalps. You know, like maybe it's something like that. So I understand collecting souls. Uh, that didn't come out right. Um, <laughs> I understand how a demon would need to collect souls, like very Constantine-esque. But this, the rest of it, that doesn't do it for me, bro. I feel like that there's the one big scene. Just watch the head smash scene and you can skip the rest of the movie. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. And then that that actress that played the the sister, Lauren, was she was nice to look at. I, I do appreciate a woman with uh with hips and thighs. So that was nice. That was a nice surprise. You should have just used those tree trunks for something, though. There was so much helplessness going on. I just, you know. She wasn't as tree trunky as you think. A lot of it has to do with the fact that her boots only came up to the thickest part of the leg, which made it look like a tree trunk. That's all it was. <laughs> Boys. She needed to stomp some heads with those big ass boots she had I on. felt like she should, she could have been like very much realistic uh, um, final girl. And that she could have got, when she got that pitchfork, instead of smashing in the electrical box, if she would have smashed in some heads of all these strangers at her house, that would have been badass. Because they could have used a lot of gore. Now, it could be budget. Like, they had budget for one good gory scene, you know? Um, oh, also, really quick, that house was its own character. Similarly to, what was the movie? We, the Haunting. This house was part of the movie more than just the place where they shot it. How so? The, the 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 walls and the way the camera angles were, like it was very much like the haunting in that the walls had this wallpaper that just made you feel claustrophobic and the angles when they walked into the hallways and stuff, they were they were like were no, jagged there and there were no right angles. <laughs> no, they were right angles. That the thing is it was like sharp you know, it just it just felt like the house also was making you feel queasy and uneasy and nervous and anxious. The house I did appreciate, though that could have also just been another budgetary thing. Like you have one setting, like one um, what's it called location, right? Yeah, but anyway, I thought it was cool. Yeah, well, it definitely did have you know a, a one location. Uh, not really, but it well, it sort of was. It was kind of kind of like a reservoir dogs. There was only few set scenes that like basically everything takes place in the house. Prior to that, there's a little bit of like guests on the train and then coming home and then Lucy and Jack's home. But other than that, it's basically inside the house the whole time. So yeah, for sure, I see where you're going with that. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I I was in it for the head smash. After the head smash, it's sort of like. You know, it had low lows. It had high had, highs. Had some low lows. Had but some it high had highs. more low lows than high highs. Yeah. And um, and that's it. Like, check it out if for some soft core pour. Ah, soft core gore. Soft core gore. <laughs> Patent pending. <laughs> Trademarked. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's all I got. Well, I got on this one too. I mean, it was a uh, it was nice to, to to find a movie that we both haven't seen or heard of. There was no expectations or build up to it, so you know, it, it did have its moments, and I did have some parts where I liked it. But um, yeah, like I said, it's it's nice to find some movies sometimes like that. I was hoping it was going to be a gem like Braid. Oh, Braid was good. Yeah, I like Braid. And Reve uh, Revenge also was yeah, good. Yeah, Revenge was good, too. Those were like some gems that, you know, came out that we... Uh, those, Yeah, those, that was that was good. Yeah, we'll find something else. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll... So we have the randomizer. We'll hopefully land on something good next week. I, I know um, 
there's another one that came out recently, I think, called X, that um, looks like something we might want to check out at some point. Cool. I think it's an A24 film or whatever. Oh, that might be good. Yeah. I like A24 films. Um, that's all I got for today. I'm feeling really tired because I worked 11 hours today. Go get you some rest, and uh, thank you that's for being awesome, such man. a nice host and letting me come here and enjoy to this To my podcast. haunted house. <laughs> yes, thank Shit. you. I'll see you next week. Maybe. I'll be camping. Have fun. Okay, bye. To check out what we're doing, visit us at icecreampodcast.com or you can find us on social media at Ice Cream Parlor The Podcast.